everyone, and welcome back. This time, I'm going to focus on a question that I often get asked, and that's how do you design an online music class? So in the next eight minutes, I'm going to talk about the process of designing an online music class. So at the beginning, I start out just as I would with a face-to-face class, and I think about what I want my students to take away at the end of my class. So I create the objectives with the backwards design uh, method, which means that I'm looking at my goals for my students at the end of the semester of what I want them to be able to do, and then I map it backwards across the semester. In my uh, creating my objectives, I have to ask my stu- myself, how, what are the expectations of my students for their learning and their interactions within this class time? So I use SMART objectives. That means that they're specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-framed. So an example of one of uh, like a SMART objective would be something like uh, the student at the end of this semester will be able to demonstrate a working understanding of five components of musical style through various media. Uh, So that's just, you know, a quick uh, idea of one of the objectives. So um, then I go to look at um, putting in where those tasks might occur. So that means that I'm actually identifying those specific tasks and where they're going to hit across the actual semester. Now, once I go and put those tasks in, so uh, I set up the, um, create the objectives, then I'm identifying tasks such as, okay, on week three, I'm going to have students um, do a video reflection and they need to submit this. On week six, they're going to do another video reflection or perhaps they're going to have a mid-semester performance uh, and they're going to be submitting it via video. So those are the different kinds of tasks and they all relate back to the objectives. Now, in between those assessments, activities, I need to identify specific content that will set my students up for success in achieving the actual assessments that they're going to have to do at that uh, at particular weeks. So if I look at the video reflection in week three, that I, example that I set up, it means that my content in week one and week two definitely have to map towards supporting and they're foundational for the video reflection that the student's going to have to send me in week three. So it's kind of pretty, you know, it's no brainer. It's, it seems pretty much similar to face to face. Well, when I'm actually setting up the scaffolding of the content and creating the content, that's where it becomes a little bit different. So as I scaffold my, uh, you know, week one scaffolds into um, uh, up into week two, which scaffolds into week three in the assessment, I'm creating that content with that scaffolding in mind. And the content that I'm creating I really need to, uh, first I write out kind of an outline of what I wanna do for, if it might be for the entire semester, if I have the luxury of those six months of developing a uh, class um, prior to it starting. But sometimes we're only given, you know, maybe uh, a couple of months or maybe even a month prior to uh, the rollout of the class. So it means that I'm going to be creating content at least three weeks in advance Um, and so that I'm always working three weeks in front of my students if I haven't mapped out the entire semester uh, yet. So I'm always creating, if I'm creating that content, 
I'm looking at my outline, how it maps and how I can fold it, uh, scaffold it for uh, the content. And again, it's always linking right back to those objectives and supporting the student tasks. When I'm creating the content, I'm also identifying in that outline where I'm going to need videos and audios and what kind of graphics I'm going to need. So then I add in those video, the content and the graphic and create those elements, making sure that I'm adhering to copyright and all that good stuff. Then I review my overall class for the semester for Universal Design for Learning. That means that I'm making sure that all of the uh, activities that I have uh, in place for that semester, as well as the content, is accessible for all learners and all um it's differentiated for curriculum and it's inclusive. So I just make sure that I go through that. And uh, if any of you are interested, cast.org, C-A-S-T.org has great resources on looking at more for universal design for learning. Then my next step in the process of designing this online class is I actually go back and I look for redesign or refining um, my actual class outline and some of the course materials that I've put together. Um, I do that as a, um, sometimes we have to do it on the fly. Um, and it also means that if I'm correcting a, or um, redesigning or refining something of a class on the spot or for the next semester as the current class is taking place, um, I actually make sure that I try to go into the next rent, uh, edition of that class and update it there so that I'm not having the mistakes happen two semesters in a row. If I have the luxury again of not uh, opening up the class until uh, the start date, uh, the entire class for the start date, I will go and ask a, a peer to take an opportunity and uh, look through the shell and make sure that it's all uh, that they understand it and that I haven't missed something in the actual uh, creation of the content or the activities, things like that. And then I do some final edits and then I release the class. So hopefully, um, you know, that is quite a detailed process for a short time frame, but uh, hopefully that's a better understanding of the entire overview of the process of how to develop an online music class. All right, everyone, take care and happy musicking. <laughs>